again with the Crossroads Music Podcast. Eric, are you frozen? I am not frozen. Okay. No, I'm just standing very still. Sitting I looked at your still. face. I was like, uh-oh, we just started and he's gone already. At least I had a smile on my face, right? <laughs> uh, we are a weekly music podcast. We just talk about music. That's it. And uh, yeah. That's what we do that's, here. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Ben, how's it going? Thanks for joining What's us. What's up, Benjamin? Benjamin Franklin Thornwell. <laughs> All right, Eric. What <laughs> What is your drink of choice for today? So we almost had a disaster uh, as I was taking out of the fridge. It did a little somersault, and <laughs> so I opened it up, and it was fizzing at the top like crazy. But I managed to get it under control. But today we are drinking from Moon. Underwater Brewery, uh, which is out of Victoria. Uh, this one, this, uh, so I'm trying to keep with like a creepy kind of theme here because it's October, you know? Okay, uh, I got it. The last one it. I had the pumpkin, I had the pumpkin stout or whatever, whatever it was. I don't even remember now, but uh, this one is called, this. I love this name, the Creepy Uncle Dunkle. <laughs> 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 so a Dunkelweizen, I think it's called, is is a German style of uh, a lager or an ale. It's like a dark lager, and uh, they call it a Dunkel for short. So I just like the the creepy Uncle Dunkel, and that is the that is the picture. So we have the creepy guy with a shovel. Okay. So I I don't know if he's burying something, but uh, he could be. He could very well be. But uh, Pilsner's creepy uncle, dark and complex, the most misunderstood of all loggers, uh, may beats the long uh, decotion uh, mashes or the long uh, loggering time he's spent in the cold, or perhaps he's just a complicated dude. And that is the creepy uncle dunkle. All right, so. we're going to need a, a taste test. And while you're doing that, uh, how's it going, Taylor, a.k.a. Chasing Dragonflies? Hope all is well. And Eric, mm. verdict. That's good. See, I've only had one Dunkle before, and it was a steampunk, which I've had on this, which is one of my favorites. But this has got to go down there for sure. This is this is amazing. Wow, this is delicious. Okay, so top marks. There you go. Top marks. <sighs> all right, Eric. Let's get into this. We start this off with what we've been listening to uh, this past week. So, Eric. Anything of note that you've been listening to? So there hasn't really been anything new or anything new that's actually really intrigued me. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of City and Color. Uh, but I finally listened to this album because our uh, friend in the chat here, Ben, keeps I, like just, you got to listen to the album. You got to listen to the album because he was so upset with our with our opinions of Smashing Pumpkins. Okay. So okay. I <laughs> I decided to uh check out uh Siamese Dream, which was actually not too bad. Like I actually didn't mind it. There was a couple uh a couple songs that just annoyed me just because uh what's his name? He just he's just Billy so Corgan. arrogant. Yeah, Billy Corgan and Wait, he just he's comes arrogant. across 
He's arrogant on the songs too. No, no, like not on the song. <laughs> He's just like an arrogant person. So, like, I think it's uh, there's a couple songs on the album that I didn't like, and it was just like I all I heard was the arrogance coming from his oh, voice, right, just because I was. <laughs> but it's because I think it was more so because I didn't like the song. But um, overall, actually, it was pretty decent. I actually didn't mind it, and uh, but. Uh, he has said that this is the only Smashing Pumpkins album worthwhile to listen to. So it is their classic one. So mm-hmm. um, it's funny how you're saying only a few songs you liked. This makes me laugh. No, like for the majority, I didn't mind it, but there was a few that I couldn't, I couldn't stand. Mm. But yeah, but, you know, one day, one day I'm again to Smashing Pumpkins. I don't know, but today mm-hmm. is not that day. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Eric? Know. Uh, that's, that's it. It's, it's literally been, it's been that. Yeah. So there hasn't been really anything new or that's piqued my interest. So, okay. Um, for me, uh, a few new, new singles came out. So, uh, Mastodon, uh, metal band for all intents and purposes. Uh, they released a new single called, uh, tear drinker. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, it's for their upcoming album, hushed and grim, which is due, I think at the end of the month, somewhere like the 29th, I think it is. Um, if you're into more like, um, sort of a laid back type of, uh, metals, more like a, a stoner metal, or maybe, uh, maybe more like a Sabbath metal, I guess. Uh, mm. but a little less guitar work, I would say, uh, Mastodon's r- right up that alley. They're pretty like progressive, progressive and stoner E. <laughs> I don't know. I, that might be the best way I'm going to describe it, but, um, yeah, Mastodon's <laughs> pretty good most of the time. Um, some other stuff that got released, uh, Sting released a new, uh, single rushing water. It's pretty damn good. That really new Sting song's pretty good. He's gone back to doing more, uh, like guitar bass drums type of thing. It's still nice. got that sort of like world world type vibey <laughs> hippie sort of, you know, uh, tinge to it but uh yeah he's sort of gone back to doing just like he just plays bass and vocals and then guitar and drums but it's pretty nice uh he nice. has a new album coming out called, called the bridge so this is sort of the promotional single off it um but yeah i actually really enjoyed uh rushing water by sting that was the new one that oh. came out i think it was last week uh and the other new song that came out was john five uh former guitarist for marilyn manson current guitarist for Rob Zombie, uh, but he's released a new song ke- called uh, Que Pasa. It's featuring Dave Mustaine on vocals, but I honestly, I have no idea why Dave Mustaine was asked to do vocals on this because all he does is say Que Pasa, the whole song. There's no <laughs> there's no verse. It's just a, a chorus with like two or three words. Um, and it's just John 5 just shredding through the whole song. If you want a good shred song, this is the song that it's so good john five is such a good guitar player right on right on um so that's the i really like that song that came out um and the one band that i've been listening to a lot this past week is a it's another japanese band i don't know why i keep ending up on this side of the world but uh polka dot stingray is the band uh so it's um female lead singer uh guitar player reminds me a lot of frusciante uh like oh, just like okay. really funky rhythm guitar playing uh mm. just really fast funky rhythm guitar playing on all the songs bass and drums are super tight um 
it's very much a pop band, but um, they still like play the sort of funk rock uh, version of that. So nice. Uh, I'm gonna have to check these guys out then. Polka you, dot stingray. Polka dot stingray. Yeah, okay. they're very polished. I would say, um, like their music videos are like you would think they're like a pop band or something. Um, but like if you watch some of their live videos, it's just like they're having so much fun playing. Like. They're going around like during solos. They're like lying down on the ground and seeing if they can still pull off the solo <laughs> for their like live performances. It's it's pretty good. I really oh, right like on. It. Yeah, they don't take right themselves on. too seriously. Uh, so those are the, the the songs or bands I've been listening to this past week. Uh, outside of the album that we're gonna review uh, later on, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll get into that. <laughs> Uh, okay. Anyways, um, we do have some music news for for everyone here. Um, I guess I will start off with uh, Ozzy Osbourne has announced that he's working on a new album, uh, another solo album. Really? Yep, another wow. solo album by Ozzy Osbourne, uh, uh, and he says it's going to feature uh, Tony Iommi on it. He's going to have Jeff Beck on it. He's going to have Zach Wild as per usual. And he is also going to have Eric Clapton on his record. Interesting. Well, I, I have to say that would be actually a very interesting take, but because I remember when we saw Jeff Beck and Eric Clapton play live together and it was just like, it was actually like mind blowing <laughs> what was going on on stage. <laughs> yeah. But Oh, that would be insane. Jeff Beck is just an incredible guitar player. He's so Jesus. good. Yeah. Yeah. So and he good. plays with his fingers and he has this weird, like, almost like this is how he kind of picks the guitar. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Eric Clapton will be showing up on the next Ozzy Osbourne album, which is going to be, I think it's going to be hilarious. Apparently, Ozzy wanted him to sing some Jesus lyrics. Uh, and Eric <laughs> Clapton said no. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> So, uh, but Ozzy's pretty happy with uh, Clapton's solo on the record. So, there you nice. go. That's good. Um, Eric, uh, this might be an opinion one, but okay. So, the news thing is uh, KK Downing, who is the ex guitar player for Judas Priest, has now started a new band uh, and released a new album under the name of KK's Priest. Uh, joining him in this band is former lead vocalist of Judas Priest, Tim Ripper Owens. Uh, so two former members of Judas Priest mm-hmm. have now uh, started a new band and released an album under the banner KK's Priest. Uh, Eric, what do, you th- do you have an opinion <laughs> on this? Because like, I find Aww. it sort of weird that uh, people that got kicked out of the band slash quit have now started a new band, essentially still called Judas Priest. They just got rid of Judas and replaced it with KK. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, I, I don't even know what to say to that. That's that's interesting. That's like, what, what do you call it? Like, that's like if the Red Hot Chili Peppers were like, we're going to be called the Green Peppers, <laughs> you know? Like... <laughs> There's like it's uh, too much overlap. Mm-hmm. He should have just like mm-hmm. should have just named it something else. He didn't need to call it KK's Priest. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's just a lame name too. Yeah, I don't know KK's well, Priest. We'll see how who the hell goes. is KK. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
it'll be interesting. Uh, it's just interesting mm-hmm. that the former the former guitar player and the former vocalist for Judas Priest have uh, started a new band together. I don't know. <laughs> be interesting. Exactly. Uh, Taylor would definitely call uh, her new band Taylor's Dragonflies. <laughs> or you can call them Dragon Nates. Like those little like Nate flies, like the little tinier ones, <laughs> the dragon Nates. <laughs> That's a terrible name. A I know. Name no, a, well, what's better, better KK priest? Yeah, KK's priest. <laughs> KK's uh, priest. Yeah, it doesn't roll off the tongue, really. No, it doesn't. Hey, we're gonna go see KK's priest. Wait, what? <laughs> who's who's priest? KK's. Who's KK's? <laughs> Um, in other news, a sources report that a tape has been unearthed where John Lennon threatens to replace George Harrison with Eric Clapton after the guitarist temporarily quit the band in January 1969 during their recording sessions for the band's final album, Let It Be. Uh, the quote from Lennon specifically uh, is about Harrison's attitude. Quote, a festering wound and we allowed it to go deeper and we didn't even give him any bandages. I think if George doesn't come back by next week, we ask Eric Clapton to play. I call bullshit on that because I think John Lennon and Paul McCartney hated Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton. Yeah. Because they, they lost their minds when they were like, <laughs> George Harrison, come play a guitar solo for me, <laughs> right, Eric? Eric, and then he's like, "Okay, yeah, sure, I'll play." And then they were like, "What the f is going on here?" <laughs> I mean, the Beatles are so interesting because, like, their career was like they—they're such a big band slash name, but they were only in existence for like seven years, right? Oh, they yeah. weren't—they weren't a band that lasted terribly long. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I know Eric, you have your opinions on why they broke up, but I think regardless of Yoko Ono or not, I just feel like this <laughs> band just was destined not to stay together forever. <laughs> I think they just had too many like conflicting personalities in that band. Yeah. At the end of the day, regardless of Yoko Ono existed, yeah, the, there was just too many, you're, you're exactly right. Too many personalities. Like there was always something going on. Yeah, they always right. had some, some sort of drama yeah. or something, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see where the Beatles went. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. for me, they might have hit like the end of the road by Let It Be, uh, just because like they went into that psychedelic sort of uh, area, and I don't know. A lot of people do like the later Beatles stuff and say it's like their masterpiece stuff, but I don't mm-hmm. know. I feel like they would have kept going down that road, and eventually it would just have been like just madness. Um, mm-hmm. but it would have been interesting to see what, what those four could have done, uh, if they continued as a band. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Um, in other news, so going back to the, uh, Nevermind cover, Spencer Eldon and his lawsuit against, uh, the Kurt Cobain estate and Dave Grohl and co and all of them, uh, basically accusing them of distributing child pornography because he is naked on the cover. Uh, so Dave Grohl has spoken in public about the actual lawsuit uh, because Nirvana's Nevermind uh, 30th anniversary is coming up. So they are planning uh, an anniversary edition to be released. Apparently Dave mm-hmm. Grohl's just going to replace the cover. 
He's not even gonna have the iconic naked baby in a pool cover on it. That's that's really? his take on it. I don't I don't really know how I feel about this though because that is quite the iconic album cover. Yeah, everybody who sees that knows. Oh, that's never mind, right? Like yeah, it's. Hmm. I th- I feel like this guy's just lost his mind, and he's just like, <laughs> uh, I feel violated. It's like, buddy, like <laughs> nobody knows who you are, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, mm. man, he could if he just embraces it, he could make so much money. Like, oh, I know that. Like that's instant oh, publicity for him. He's yeah. he's the You're, baby on one of the biggest albums from the nineties. Yeah, five bucks and I'll sign your CD, your your forty anniversary CD or whatever, right? Yeah, you know. I don't know. It's just weird. But the interesting part yeah. is Dave Grohl is open to actually replacing the cover itself. So I don't know how that's gonna go. I mean, he seems just not. From what I've read online, it just seems like he doesn't care about the lawsuit and just like, fuck it, we're going to change the cover, which <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's his band, but that's a classic what album. You, you're what you with. have to do is if I was Dave Grohl, I'd be like, you know, because I don't think he's going to win this lawsuit. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's actually crazy. Right. Because like what? Every baby and like. You know, a Huggies commercial is going to be just like, oh, my God, this is violating. Like, <laughs> I need my I need a hundred thousand million dollars or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, I just feel like if I was Dave Grohl in that position, I would hire somebody like a paparazzi to get a photo of him currently naked and then cut off. Like, so, so you take off the head right of the photo and then that's your next album cover <laughs> with his like house in the background or something <laughs> and it'll just be like wait a minute that's me it's like oh it's not you at all <laughs> yeah i i don't know i don't know what he's gonna do maybe he'll just get another baby and recreate the photo and then 30 years from now he'll have another lawsuit he'll have two lawsuits exactly. pending but he'll be old and he won't even care by then. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, in other news, um, YouTube has a f- officially uh, removed slash deleted R. Kelly's official YouTube channel. Um, so I guess their <laughs> official stance on it is that he himself cannot have an R. Kelly branded YouTube channel. However... Uh, his music can still remain on the platform. They So they aren't scrubbing uh, all his music off of YouTube. So if you wanted to go listen to the songs, you still can. Uh, but in terms of monetiz- monetization options and uh, him having an actual branded channel, those are no longer an option for R. Kelly YouTube. So I don't know. I feel like that's a pretty good middle ground because I'm not really in yeah. favor of scrubbing him from history. Um, but... Yeah, get rid of his official channel. Get rid of his monetization options. I think that that's sort of a good middle ground there. Oh, absolutely. Um. Oh, Eric. So continuing on with this trend of musicians selling their catalogs, the next in line is now Tina Turner has sold her whole music catalog to BMG. 60 years worth of music has been completely sold. But here's the kicker. 
It's not just her music catalog. She has also sold the management of her name, Tina Turner, her image, and her likeness. The whole brand she has sold to BMG. That's... Huh. So this is, this is definitely <laughs> going to be bigger than Dylan's $300 million for his music catalog because it's not just the music that she sold this time. This is actually like her face and her name that she has sold. Yeah. So now BMG can like use uh, an actor to uh, portray her in a commercial. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tina Turner. <laughs> and then it, that is definitely not Tina Turner. <laughs> <laughs> oh so yeah, they're taking it, taking it an even step further which is, it's madness. To me, it's just madness. Like, how did we get to this position where people were just like, uh, keep the sanctity of music in your artistry, and now they're just like, oh, 200 million, 500 million? Sure, take it. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Uh, yeah, Taylor says it's that's whack. So yeah, like, yeah. it's craziness. I mean, I guess everyone has their price at some point. And Tina Turner is... Mm. 70s maybe 80s somewhere there so mm. even if she comes out of this with a with a similar number as dylan at 300 million that's that's a lot of money yeah that's that's huge that's a big payday but <laughs> i mean that's crazy she's also sold her name and image which is that's i don't know how i feel about that like if i were famous and i died and you could still use my name and image to promote BMW or something like that's Yeah. That's the weird. new face behind Tropicana Orange Juice, <laughs> Tina Turner. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's crazy to me. Oh, Anyways, man. add that to the list. Tina Turner is now uh, no longer an owner of her music catalog. That's crazy. That's like selling your soul, says Taylor. It is. It totally is selling your soul. You're totally yeah. right. Yeah, Ooh. that's nuts. Uh, in other news, Eminem has opened a restaurant in Detroit and has named it Mom's Spaghetti, a reference to his lyrics in Lose Yourself. <laughs> Apparently, it's pretty good. What kind of restaurant good. is it? It's definitely an Italian restaurant. It's called Mom's Spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. Eric, I think one day we should go to that restaurant. When when we go yeah, to, like, uh, I, I, I just don't want to go into this restaurant getting like you know, hot dogs cut up in your spaghetti. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not like that. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, we I I definitely want to go to this restaurant at some point if it mm. if it's still around. Let's see how successful yeah. it is. And but, we have uh, to survive Detroit too. That's the other. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's the other thing. Yeah. Uh, in other branding news, Justin Bieber has officially launched his new line of cannabis. He has partnered with a California-based company called Palms and has developed a line of pre-rolled joints called Peaches, a reference to his song Peaches. Uh, so if you want uh, a Justin Bieber-branded cannabis? <laughs> I don't know why. Why is Justin Bieber making cannabis or aligning himself with cannabis? Because like, he's he a wiener. <laughs> is he actually going to like push units uh, like is there any benefit in partnering up with justin bieber yeah i'm not sure because like snoop dogg i understand because like he sort of embodies that 
but Justin yeah. Bieber, I don't know. I don't know if I would be like, I don't think that's cool. No, maybe like maybe that's what the kids are into. Justin Bieber cannabis, but I don't know. I can't I feel like he's just he's just like trying to be cool. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, oh, there you go. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, there's no bragging rights about like mm. having a Justin Bieber branded cannabis or joint. Exactly. So here's my issue though with this is that you know in the song, I believe the lyrics say, "I buy my peaches down in Georgia." So, I mean, <laughs> shouldn't he have this company established in Georgia and not in California? <laughs> Look, the lyrics aren't important. You know, he just says words and they just happen to rhyme. That's the most important part. It's not what he's actually saying. Because I, I don't think anyone cares where he gets his peaches, to be honest. Well, I do, Kim. I do care where he gets his peaches from. Because I can tell you what, when I go down to Georgia, I'm definitely trying their peaches. And if I don't like them, I'm going to send Justin Bieber an angry letter. Being like, you said that these were good. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Justin Bieber's fault. I see. Okay. Um, other news, uh, maybe a little bit more music related. Uh, Adele has released a snippet of her first new music in six years. Uh, the full song will be out next week. Um, Didn't she retire? Wasn't she like, I'm never playing music ever again? Someone needs money. We all need money, mm-hmm. apparently. So, uh, yeah. but yes, she is coming out of retirement, uh, and she is. I remember calling music. bullshit on that too. I was like, <laughs> it's, yeah, there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> it's like when Kiss or the Rolling Stones say they're going on their farewell tour, and that was like yeah. 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, and they're still they're still on their farewell tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like. Mm-hmm. I, to be honest, I don't really care about Adele. There, so. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I didn't give a shit about her first album. What was it? 21. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the next album, 23, 27, whatever number she puts in front of that, in that album. <laughs> I really don't care what it is. Uh, but for you Adele fan, fans out there, uh, she will be releasing new music soon. So check it out. Uh, and in my last story for today, uh, David Lee Roth, lead singer of Van Halen will be retiring from music. His last show will be at the Las Vegas house of blues on January 8th, 2022. Until he decides to play again. (laughs) (laughs) For me, I think David Lee Roth retiring makes sense because I mean, as Mm -hmm. good as his solo career was, it's not really like it's not Van Halen. Yeah, exactly. And without Eddie, you don't do Van Halen. So No, that's so true. So true. He has the money. So I think him retiring, I think that's gonna stick. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. could see him doing like guest appearances at certain shows, but him like going on a full fledged tour or or doing another mm-hmm. album. I just don't see it. And David Lee Roth wasn't really a prolific songwriter either. He was more of yeah. a entertaining frontman. So mm-hmm. without Van Halen, I mean, yeah, he's, he's not going to hit that high ever. He's just a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that controversial that we just called David Lee Roth a guy? <laughs> yeah. Without Van Halen, he's just a regular guy. <laughs> oh, okay, that, I'm going to include that. Without Van Halen, 
David Lee Roth is just a guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyways, that is uh, the music news for this week. Um, moving along. Uh, so at this point, we do a little section called Today in History. So today is October 7th. We look back on this day and uh, explore all the significant things that happened on this day in regards to music. So Eric, going all the way back to 1939, Judy Garland, age 16, records Over the Rainbow for the movie The Wizard of Oz. Judy Garland. Wow. that's. I feel like that's like iconic throughout over, like movie yeah. movie history and music history yeah over the rainbow is a huge song like yeah everyone still knows that song which is nuts to me oh yeah uh on this day 1951 john mellencamp is born in seymour indiana good old john mellencamp jack and diane <laughs> i said jack and diane uh, he's such a good songwriter yeah uh, 1953, Tico Torres, drummer for Bon Jovi, is born in New York. Tico Torres. <laughs> uh, it's, I actually have to look this up because I, I, I saw the name and I was like, oh, this is probably just like a session drummer or something that played with Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi has had the same drummer since the very beginning. They've never replaced the drummer. He's been there since day one, which is no way. crazy to me. That is crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, 1957, Elvis Presley's Christmas album earns pre-orders of half a million copies, uh, making it go gold wow. before it is even released. Uh, See, that's where the money is. Christmas, Christmas albums. Christmas albums. Why do people buy Christmas albums? I still don't understand that. Like, <laughs> it's not. It's the same song over and over again. It's just a different twist. You could, you could literally walk through the mall and listen to all these songs for free. Why would you go buy a Christmas album? It's so annoying. Yeah. I, I don't mind it when it first starts, but I feel like they should start playing Christmas music like two weeks before Christmas because it's just overly like crazy, right? Because by the end, like before... Like two weeks in, I'm just like, okay, like I need to listen to something else, please. <laughs> I've heard Jingle Bells 50,000 times today. Right. No, because in oh. Canada, it usually starts right after, like, usually around November. Sometimes they do oh, it man. like right after Canadian Thanksgiving, which is this coming Monday. So, so I know this isn't, this is, this is pretty much what we're talking about here. So this is how annoying Christmas music is. So when I was in training, in good old Regina, Saskatchewan there. Um, and for those uh, Americans listening to this podcast, if you're out there, <laughs> uh, it gets cold. So uh, it was Christmas time, December, and uh, there's like loud inhalers throughout all of the base, like our training grounds. And they would always like do announcements or they would do like the uh, the call for the flag going up and down, right? Right, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, uh, so the uh, officer in charge of the base was like, "We're gonna, we're we're gonna put Christmas music on to as a morale booster for everybody on base." Bad so choice, you would be everywhere you go, you would march around, and it's like, "Oh, the weather outside <laughs> is frightful." Right? And it's just, it was just. That's so so then it would it would turn off 
webcam. It would turn off at like 11 at night. So like you have a long day and you're tired. So you're in bed sometimes by nine, 10 o'clock. And then, so you, you just hear subtly like, Oh, <laughs> right. And it's just constant. It was so annoying. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh. oh my Lord. Um, 1963, Pete Seeger copyrights We Shall Overcome. The song dates to the early 1900s, but Seeger adapted it into the well-known version that became a civil rights anthem. I didn't realize you can copyright old folk songs that you never wrote. <laughs> I'm going to go copyright Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. I'll do bingo. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he got away with this. How did he copyright We Shall Overcome? That's yeah. crazy to Prove me. it. Prove, prove I didn't write it. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. Uh, 1968, Tom York, lead singer of Radiohead, is born in Northamptonshire, England. Northamptonshire. That's cr- <laughs> Northamptonshire? What a name. I um, wonder if it's Northamptonshire. Because sometimes it's just like the pronunciation. Oh, maybe Northamptonshire. Still, that's that's a crazy yeah. name for a, for a place. Um, oh, one day, one day, I want to see Radiohead. I know that I will be ultimately disappointed if I go to a Radiohead concert, but just to see Radiohead in the flesh because they are freaking mm-hmm. musical geniuses, I just they want are. to do it. I don't care how much it is. I know the tickets are overpriced and the show probably isn't that good, but I just want to see them <laughs> live just once in my life. I, w- I would be on that book too. I'd like to see Radiohead live for sure. Uh, 1969, Leroy Thornhill of The Prodigy is born in East London, England. Um, just a electronic musical pioneer. Uh, the Prodigy, mm-hmm. great Great band, regardless of the genre. They're just a great band. Uh, 1978, uh, Billboard magazine, uh, which I guess at the time was sort of like a news organization. Uh, They're not so much anymore. But Billboard magazine reveals that Marvin Gaye has declared bankruptcy twice in the past year, claiming debts of over $7 million. This is 1978. $7 million. Wow. I don't know why he was so much in debt because mm-hmm. like he was a songwriter in Motown. So that's where the money is. Like if you're just a performer or studio musician, sure. You're going to get screwed over because you're not getting paid that much. But Marvin Gaye wrote a lot of songs. So I don't know how he got $7 million in debt. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. To me. Uh, Taylor saw Radiohead and the show wasn't that good. Yeah. <sighs> It's okay. I'm still going to go see them. Uh, 1986, on this day, The Police released their final single, Don't Stand So Close to Me, 1986 version. Uh, However, before the single is released, the band calls it quits. So I had to to actually look this up because I didn't believe it. uh, Because I was like, oh, but Don't Stand So Close to Me is on like the third album by The Police. Why did they release uh, another single? Apparently... Uh, this song is a reimagining of the original uh, Don't Stand So Close to Me. So they slowed down the tempo, made it a bit sinister because uh, the lyrics, well, the story of this song is like, 
uh, an older male school teacher and uh, a female uh, student of his falls in love with the teacher. That's why the teacher is always saying, don't stand so close to me. That's sort of the chorus or the premise of the song. Uh, but the song itself is pretty upbeat and happy because uh, they wanted it to make, make it into a pop single uh, that charted, uh, which it did when it was released. Uh, but they mm-hmm. reimagined the song a bit slower tempo, a bit more sinister. It fits the lyrics a bit better. It's a lot creepier, uh, which mm. is the original intention of the song. Um, but yeah, they they broke up before the single was even released uh, because they got into a fight uh, over how they should do the drums. <laughs> so basically, Stuart, Stuart Copeland, the drummer, uh, he fractured, I think, his shoulder or something and he needed surgery. Uh, but they needed to to finish these songs off. So Stuart Copeland's like, oh, I have um, this drum machine. We'll just program it this way. And Sting said, no, I have this drum machine. We're going to record it this way. And they had a big fight over it. Um, and that was, that was basically the last straw that broke up the band. They just couldn't agree which drum machine to use on the song. They might as well just have called Ringo Starr and called it a day. Yeah, could have done that. Um, but yeah, that's that's the police. I mean, I'm sort of, I'm sort of glad they sort of broke up at the the height of their career because mm-hmm. they were the biggest at the very end, and then they just like couldn't do it. They hated each other, so it was inevitable. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, here's a cautionary tale. 1998, the Backstreet Boys reach an out of court settlement with their former manager Lou Pearlman, who they sue in an effort to gain control of their finances. Word of caution, make sure you don't hire a complete jackass as your manager uh, because he will screw you over for all your money. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. Uh, In other news for uh, federal lawsuits, uh, 1999, Don Henley and Eagles LTD file a federal lawsuit against Love Earth, a Florida-based internet company, alleging that its registration of the domain names don-henley.net, don-henley.org, donhenley.org, the end of theinnocence.com, and e-a-g-l-e-s.com constitutes copyright infringement. (laughs) Oh my god. I, I don't know. This is some company out there just basically bought up a bunch of domain names. And Don Henley was like, no, fuck these guys. We're going to sue you because those are our names. (laughs) That's funny. Um, And in uh, a bit more controversial uh, history, uh, same same, uh, year, 1999, Garth Brooks releases an album as Chris Gaines, a character he created that was intended for a movie. I freaking, I don't understand why he created an alter ego and wrote an album as this alter ego. That seems insane to me. Like, imagine if... That's like right out of the office when Mike Scott creates that action hero story about himself. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I don't understand, like, why he felt the need Hmm. to make an alter ego. Like, just start a band or something like just create a new band and and do you don't need to play a character 
You're still Garth maybe, Brooks. Maybe it's because he wanted this to happen so bad that the actual like producers of the film are like, sorry, like you just you're just not an actor. You just you just don't have it. And he's probably like, oh, I'm gonna create an album and show you guys. <laughs> like, did it even do well? Uh, no, everyone hated it because it. Well, first off, it wasn't Probably nobody. A... Nobody know who it was. Who the hell is this guy? No, he like dyed his hair black. Uh, it was a bit more like pop rock. Like it wasn't a country album. So Garth Brooks country oh. fans definitely did not like it, and like no one else really paid attention to it. Oh man, that's and that's the funny thing, right? Like you're hundred percent of your audience is all like hillbillies and hicks down south, right? And then it's like. You expect them to be like, you dyed your hair and you're playing different music. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like, it's just a strange approach. Like, Mm -hmm. he should have just imagine if Ozzy Osbourne created an alternate character of himself and started doing like country ballads. Like, it's insane. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be that'd be quite something. (laughs) It was insane. (sighs) Anyways, um. October 7th, on this day in 2008, Spotify officially launches. The most streamed song for October is Aviva La Vida by Coldplay. Uh, and then for all of 2008, it's, uh, it's the album Human by The Killers. That's crazy. It's, uh, ah, it seems so long ago. <laughs> yeah. Coldplay was the most streamed song in October of 2008. That's madness to me. Although that is it, v- Viva La Vida is actually a pretty good song. Yeah. The album was terrible, but the single was actually really good. That yeah, was when that was when they started their downfall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh 2014 Weezer released their ninth studio album Everything Will Be All Right in the End. I actually don't remember what's on this album to be honest. With I you. don't either actually. Um, and finally, uh, on this day, 2016, uh, the Rolling Stones play the first night of the Desert Trip Festival, which also features Bob Dylan, Paul McCartney, Neil Young, Roger Waters, and The Who. Uh, the six-day event rakes in $160 million, making it the highest-earning music, uh, music festival ever. Uh, I think people were calling it Old Cella at the time because it's it was done... Uh, on the same grounds as Coachella. So uh, mm. the festival is called Desert Trip Festival, but I think there was a really funny name. I think they were calling it Old Old Cella, but I can't remember what they were calling it. Hmm. Uh, but that's quite, uh, that quite is the quite the lineup, though. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of old people, but still quite the lineup. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. That is uh, Today in History on October 7th. All the important things that happened on this day. Um, so, let's get into this. <laughs> For this week, we decided to review... To, I love how you have to sigh first before, <laughs> before we go into this. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, this week we decided to uh, listen to Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. Um <laughs> let, let, let's just get into it here here we go pet sounds is the 11th studio album by american rock band the beach boys it was released on may 16 1966 it was met with a 
lukewarm critical and commercial response in the U.S. However, in the U.K., the album landed at number two on their charts and critics loved it. Uh, promoted there as the most progressive pop album ever, Pet Sounds gained recognition for its ambitious production, sophisticated music, and emotional lyrical content. It is considered to be among the best or sorry, the most influential albums in music history. The album was produced, arranged, and uh, almost entirely uh, composed by Brian Wilson. Pet Sounds revolutionized the field of music production and the role of producers within the music industry, introdu introducing orchestration, chord voicing, structural har harmonics, and the development of psychedelic music and progressive art rock. T today it tops many critics and musicians polls for best album of all time and it is preserved in the national recording registry by the library of congress in the u.s for being culturally historically or aesthetically significant total sales are uh, hard to confirm due to it being released back in 66 however estimates uh usually hover around 2 million worldwide okay eric pet sounds by the beach boys uh it's an album. There's music on it. <laughs> it's an album. <laughs> um, I gave a pr like my synopsis of this album is pretty glowing about it. But Eric, mm -hmm. your thoughts about this album, uh, how you listen to it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I like the Beach Boys. I I like them. I think they have some really good tunes, uh, especially that, that uh, good vibrations. Like I love that Ooh, song. That's a good song right and they they have they have good tunes but but granted i've never listened to an album front to cover by the beach boys like i've listened to their greatest hits front to cover mm -hmm. and i and i recognize okay it starts off with wouldn't it be nice mm -hmm. not particularly a fan of the song but it's a good opener for an album um and also it this song actually also gives me the creeps because i feel like <laughs> i've seen it in a horror movie somewhere and it was playing in the background while like some paranormal activity thing was happening. I was like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, perfect um, horror and movie then it, soundtrack. So it's a pretty uh, like it's not uh, like crazy upbeat, but it's it's like an upbeat song. And you're like, okay, it's a good opener. And then it just goes like it's boring. <laughs> it's like it's really <laughs> it's just really boring. Um, and then I, I don't know. I have to say, I'm like. I, it was hard listening to this album. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I enjoyed out of the songs on this album. I would say that my favorite, and I like the song. I actually do like this song. God only knows. Mm -hmm. Okay, but wouldn't it be nice? I'm not a fan of the song, but it's a good upbeat. But that's it. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh 13 tracks on this album, FYI. Yeah. So that's eleven fillers. Yeah. So yeah, i just I just felt like very like so I tried listening to this like front to cover on on my night shift and I and I'm pretty sure I fell asleep in the car. <laughs> <laughs> uh question do you know if you listen to the mono version of it or the stereo version do you uh actually pay attention uh, to that see. it's the stereo version okay that's unfortunate because um i listened to both the mono version and the stereo version 
and the okay. stereo version is better than the mono version and <laughs> and you still didn't like the stereo version so that's that's quite unfortunate <laughs> um, uh, yeah i don't know i i feel like like they have a good great hits catalog but in terms of albums i feel like like the, again this is the only album i've actually like listened to front and cover by the beach boys but like it wasn't like there were some good what, written songs lyrically like mm-hmm. don't get me wrong but i i just feel like it was just very like like it's not what i expected <laughs> let's just say <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm in complete agreement with you. Wouldn't it be nice? God only knows. Those are the only two songs worth listening to on this album. The rest of this album is like, I don't know what's going on. Or like, are these actual songs that someone put together and and decided to I felt like, yeah, it kind of felt like you were stuck in 1920 and you're having like a tea party. It was like, I don't know if you had that vision. <laughs> no, I could I didn't, but I could see that. Um mm-hmm. I I just I don't know. I like I, I get that it was released in 1966. So uh, like okay, so a lot of the things that they've recorded on this album was probably like the first time anyone's ever ever heard it. But in comparison to like today's standards, I, I just don't think this album holds up at all. Like the the songs just aren't there. Uh and the production isn't there anymore. Back then, this was probably the best. Well, at at the time, it was very ambitious production-wise, but it just doesn't mm-hmm. hold up by today's standards. It just doesn't sound good anymore. Uh, I think the Beach Boys' harmonies, vocal harmonies, are still very nice on this record. Yes, yes. Um, mm-hmm. That's sort of what they're famous for anyways, but everything else, like guitars, drums, everything sort of just blends and, and nothing really stands out. Other than the vocal harmonies, I think the vocal harmonies are the saving grace of this album because uh, they sound really nice. Um, I have a gripe, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but the second uh, song on this album, "You Still Believe in Me," uh, the end of that song is madness. So the song beginning, whatever, is just boring. Verse, chorus, verse, chorus. At the end, the volume decreases. So it, it sounds like the song is going to fade out. And then all of a sudden it comes back with like a bass drum and it just goes back into the song. And then <laughs> it does that again. It decreases the volume as if it's a fade out, then comes back with a, uh, a sudden volume increase at the end. I was like getting a heart attack from like listening to the song because I thought it ended <laughs> twice and it didn't. And I was just like, this is crazy. And then the last like mm-hmm. 10 seconds of the so- that song, they put a clown honk at the end, which I didn't understand why. Like, why did you decide to put like a honk honk at the end of the song? It, they did it like purposefully too. It was like twice as part of like, I don't know, just like a, an ornament in there. It like, it was so jarring and so distracting that I couldn't like, after listening to this, I was like, this is not going to go well. This was the second track. And I, I knew at that point, I was like, this is not going to be a good album after this. There's no okay. way. Yeah. But yeah, like the good parts of it is the vocal harmonies. That's probably it. I can't say, and which is a shame because like, there's lots of people who say this is the greatest album created of all time. There's tons which of I, people. I don't know who you are saying that because it's not at all. Oh, um, at the time, I could see why people are like, "Oh yeah, 
this is the best sounding album because like in in comparison mm-hmm. what was coming out in the 66 right like mm-hmm. uh i i think even if you listen to a chuck berry record at that time or any of those even an elvis presley record like the 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 recording quality is pretty much on par with this, or this is slightly better. Like it's sort of grainy, fuzzy, you know, the bottom mm-hmm. end's a bit missing. Uh, the treble is a bit piercing at times. Um, but by today's standards, it just doesn't sound good anymore. It's just not, it's not up to par for today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also have a problem with the second, the second last track on this album, which is the instrumental it's pet sounds. I don't understand why it's called pet sounds because there are yeah. no pet sounds on that instrumental track. There's no animal sounds on that track. Yeah. And see, yeah, it's, you would think if, if it was pet sounds, like even if you do it instrumentally, cause like, I know like the four seasons, for instance, mm-hmm. like that, you know, like, like they have the flutes and stuff. So it sounds like birds chirping yeah, yeah. kind of thing, but they, but they don't even have that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like i don't oh. this whole thing i just don't i don't get this album at all mm-hmm. it's just i don't see what the value of is in this album uh i can oh, understand yeah. from a historical perspective that it broke a lot of ground but i just don't think the songs are in there i can't name you outside of wouldn't it be nice and god only knows I, like the other songs like if you played it mm-hmm. to me now i'd be like what album's that off of it would be it'd be very interesting because this is like what you said, sixty six this album 66, came out. Yeah. So like you're still getting songs that are being like pushed uh, like for singles, right? Like people are still buying those single records right, from yeah. the Beach Boys. And I wonder if this is kinda like their first dabble into actually recording a full album. Like I don't know the the timeline of when the first this, full albums were being this is their recorded 11th studio album 11th studio album okay so there you go so they so it's not even a, an excuse then no <laughs> growing up gaming how's it going thanks for joining us uh we're What's just going on ripping on one of the most treasured albums of all time yeah the uh yeah it's a true classic <laughs> i just don't uh, see it i don't understand what the hype is about this i get i get why people love the vocal harmonies but it doesn't say do, they nail it out of the park for sure mm. their vocal harmonies are like second to none when it comes to other bands right oh yeah but for sure. yep. but it's just a boring album right there's no like like i don't know it, it's like you might as well have nora jones like <laughs> like it, it has that like just very slow like every song's almost the same kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean i know what you mean ah it's just i was expecting a lot more to be honest mm-hmm. uh, same with when, me when we put this on the list i was like yeah this is like the biggest like for sure the biggest beach boys album like everyone loves this album and like it's the album like I didn't everyone think quotes. I didn't think I was going to think this album was like I thought it was going to be pretty decent. Like mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a decent sounding album, right? And and you know like Surfer Rock has like a a unique sound to it, but then then I I was very thoroughly disappointed <laughs> when I listened to this and I was on track 5 and I was like, "Oh my god, like <laughs> this is this is brutal." Yeah. Uh all right, Eric. 
final thoughts and ratings, and we'll move on from this, uh, this <sighs> album. I'm going to have to give this... I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10. Wow, 4 out of 10. Okay. 4 out of 10, because I feel like the redeeming qualities are the harmonies in this. Like, like the Beach Boys have impeccable harmonies, and like... <sighs> Yeah, that's that's that gets that gets it a four to ten. I I really like harmonies and songs, and they do it well. So, so that's it for me. This 10. is this is like a two. This is a two out of ten for me. <laughs> There's two songs on this album that actually are worth listening to, and then that's it. Like, yeah, it. it the rest of these songs are just. I can't imagine anyone going, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's my song," or like. This is this is the soundtrack is my to jam. my life. Like, there's yeah. no way, <laughs> there's no way that any of these other B sides are. are mm-hmm. Is that to anyone? Wouldn't it be nice? And God only knows. Those are the two songs that are worth listening to on this album. Yeah, that's it. So for me, it's a two out of two out of ten. I can't can't believe this thing had that much impact. Like the Beatles loved this record when this came out. The Beatles were like, this is the greatest album ever created. And they were like pushing <laughs> it to all their friends and everyone. But like, like, why do you keep giving me this trash album? <laughs> <laughs> I use it as a coaster now. <laughs> I'm sure there's people out there that love this album and it probably has some nostalgic uh, sentiment to it, but mm-hmm. I just don't know. By today's standards, just it just doesn't hold up. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay anyways eric very good four out of ten for you and two out of ten for me there you go all right for those of you who are following along with us every single week the next album we are going to be doing is rumors by fleetwood mac so this should be much better to be honest. actually i've never I listened to this so. from front to back from front to back i've never listened to this album so um i'm i'm going to be uh I'm expecting a lot of things because just like Pet Sounds, this album is another album that is like, this is the greatest album of all time. <laughs> yes. But I feel like this is going to be better. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. it's better. I don't know if it's going to get uh, worse than a, a four and a two out of ten. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, oh, but yeah. Anyways, for next week, we will be uh, listening to Fleetwood Max rumors. Uh, okay, uh, here we go. Yes, Cam. I forgot mix, about your mix topic. Mixtape yes. battle. Um, let's go. All right. So the topic, actually, no, sorry. The let's do the setup. So our mixtape battle. Essentially, what we do is we take a random speech generator. It produces three topics. One of us chooses one of those three topics, and the other person must create a three-song mixtape. Uh, based on that topic <clears throat> so uh last week i got the topic of a veterans day as my topic uh so there are a lot of songs that were uh, actually called veterans day and there's a lot of country songs that are like <laughs> let's uh let's cheer for our veterans let's honor our veterans and all that mm-hmm. um so i started looking into those songs and i was like oh this is sort of boring playlist they're just all songs that are just like so positive and so happy um 
actually no some of them are sad like toby keith has a pretty good uh song about veterans where it's like actual war war stories and stuff like that and it's like mm-hmm. okay these are all good songs i could definitely make a good mixtape for good songs but uh let's try something different because maybe we need to spice it up a bit so uh veterans uh when we talk about veterans i'm really thinking about war uh so we're gonna really open up this with a really big jam uh blitzkrieg bought by the ramones uh because (laughs) blitzkrieg is a term used to describe a method of offensive warfare designed to strike a swift focused blow at an enemy using mobile maneuverable forces which include invented by the germans (laughs) invented by the germans (laughs) <laughs> so blitzkrieg bop yes. reminds me of war reminds me of re- veterans so that's how we're gonna open it up um with good old ramones tune yeah and this is probably this is my favorite ramones song uh it's so iconic yeah it is um and then um <laughs> you know what else i think about when i think about veterans i think about the navy and when i think about the navy Oh no. I think about the song In the Navy by Village People. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know the song, I feared it was going to be this. <laughs> it was released in March 1979, the disco hit. Uh, and it's a song about uh, it's promoting joining the Navy. Lyrics would include, but I'm afraid of water. And what am I going to do in a submarine? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) you lost me. You lost me. (laughs) That's that's my middle song. That's my second song. Mm. And finally, when I uh, think about veterans, uh, they're all uh, fighting off in the in the battlefield. And uh, they need to they need to really hype themselves up. They really need to get uh, into into that fighting spirit. Uh, they need to channel oh, an animal. I know this is gonna be good. And it's uh, I'm gonna close this off with yes. Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Oh, I, oh, I thought you were going with something else. <laughs> Wait, what were you gonna go with? I thought you were gonna go. Whoa! Oh my God! I should have done, no, done that. Oh, no, but that's an, that's an anti-war song. War, what is it good for? Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Survivor's Eye of the Tiger uh, because, you know, you need to channel the Eye of the Tiger to go into battle. Yes. Yes, you do, Kim. This, this is the most ridiculous playlist you've made so far. Oh, no, I, I actually sort of like these songs. I was listening to In the Navy by mm-hmm. Village People uh, this week, and I was like, wow, this is a pretty good song. <laughs> you just did not say that on this podcast. <laughs> it's a ridiculous premise. They're talking about joining the Navy. I, like, I don't know why anyone would write a song like this, but it's a pretty good disco tune. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was pretty good. The, the ridiculousness is pretty good. <laughs> also, I have the Tiger's guitar riff. That's pretty iconic. Yeah. Oh, just wow. That that is that is pretty much what's going through my head right now. Anyways, that's my 
that's my mixtape for the topic of Veterans Day. Blitzkrieg bought by the Ramones in the Navy by Village People and uh, Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Oh, man, that's funny. Uh, all right, here we go. Let's uh, do it. Here is the uh, topic generator. I'm going to click this button. It's going to produce three topics. Um, I will choose one of those three topics, and Eric, uh, you will have to make a mixtape. So here we go. Boop, 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 boop. Jesus. Okay, topic one, race relations. Oh, my That's God. That's a <laughs> landmine of a yeah, topic let's, let's that's, <laughs> that's like the horrible yeah that's like all right uh, next episode of music crossroads podcast uh we have a new host <laughs> uh okay so race relations is topic one. Second one is home appliances <laughs> and uh third one is attitude mm, interesting well, it's up to you, Kim. <laughs> My fate lies in your hands. We're definitely not doing race relations. There's no way we're mm-hmm. stepping into that on this podcast. <laughs> um, Taylor wants attitude. Um, the thing is, attitude, I feel like we've done similar playlists with attitude. You're going to fuck me and choose home appliances, <laughs> aren't you? Yeah, I'm, No, I'm trying to think of like what I would do for home appliances. I'm thinking, okay, there's uh, Spoon, the band Spoon. You could do that. Um, yeah. Spoon the, Man. The Spoon Man by... Yeah, Spoon Man. Yeah, Spoon Man by Soundgarden. Um, there's Toast, the band. You could probably pick a song from them. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Home appliances. A spoon okay. is not I an appliance. See, <laughs> but I could see what I could see what I could do with home appliances. Yeah. I'll take the challenge. Taylor's saying a spoon is not an appliance. Yeah, but we're it's not a literal we're not going literally. We can we can cross yeah, we the, have to metaphorically yeah, we attack can cross, these things. cross the line here and there. I, I think you could do home appliances. I I just feel like attitude might be too boring. Home appliances. I'm gonna have to do some heavy research for home appliances. <laughs> but I t- I accept the challenge. Okay, we're gonna go home appliances. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, wonderful. Um. <laughs> all right. So, um, let's close this all off. Uh, <laughs> I forgot I said this. Uh. So we did have one controversial statement for this week. Uh, without Van Halen, David Lee Roth is just a guy. I take particular offense to that, <laughs> but um, it was said on this podcast. So, Yes, it was. Um, and finally, let's close this off. Quote of the Week presented by Anthony Kiedis. History is so strong. Sing another drinking song. The uh, honky-tonk so. will do. Make another breaking bong. Your favorite in enjuan? That Enju? is save... Uh, what is that word? Wait, history so mm. strong. Sing another drink. Just the distant song. dawn. Honky I don't know what that word is. Yeah. Distant dawn. Uh, that's to save the population. There you go. Save the population. Yeah, yes. I knew that right off the. As there soon is. as the first line, history so strong. <laughs> I don't history understand. History so strong. Why would he say oh. that? History is so strong. Uh, because it's, you know. He repeats that I'd, four times at the beginning of the yeah. song. 
History so strong. He does. History so strong. I'm so confused. I'm so confused by why they let him write lyrics for this band. And ingenue. That's that's how he pronounces it in the song. Ingenue. Yeah. yeah. Your favorite. So, sing another ingenue. drinking song. The honky tonk will do. Make another breaking bong. Your favorite ingenue. This the distant dawn. <laughs> ingenue yeah. is not a word. I <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if you put an accent on it, however, it means an innocent or unsophisticated young woman especially in a play or film uh it makes sense (laughs) (laughs) uh okay anyways very good eric very good all right wonderful um okay so that's the end of of our show um quick announcements uh we are now shifting over officially back to our monday schedule Uh, i haven't updated the calendars yet just yet but i will do that after this broadcast uh so we will be uh sticking with our monday schedule for a bit uh, so you will see us uh next monday and there is a doggo on on screen uh for those of you who are listening to the audio spotify or apple music come join us at twitch.tv slash the crossroads music podcast and you can see dogs on stream <laughs> He kept uh, nudging my arm. <laughs> it was annoying me. <laughs> I think he um, wanted to say hi. <laughs> very good. Um, <laughs> anyways, we're moving to our Monday schedule. Uh, we mm. will be here on Canadian Thanksgiving. We are dedicated to bring you content yeah. and talk about absolute nonsense on Canadian Thanksgiving. So, oh, yeah, there, here. bud. We can gather around the fire and play some hockey on the pan. Oh, geez, there, bud. <laughs> we are the true Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> so yes we will be back here on monday this coming monday uh here at twitch.tv slash the crossroads music podcast but catch us on spotify apple music if you do miss it um and that's about it thanks for tuning in thanks for being in chat talking to us yelling at us all that stuff and we will catch you all <laughs>